What is the difference between being punk and being a punk? We are here to talk some punk rock, some music comics. Punk culture, DIY shit, anything we want to talk about. That's, that's what fascinates me. Give me everything. Absolutely everything. I find that, that music and comics have always been intertwined. Muck spout. Chicks okay. dig it. Don't worry. <laughs> Hey. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to the Mux Sorry, I just got notified that we were not going live on Facebook, so I'm trying to figure that out. All right. Well, Don, no. you want to get us started while I figure this out? Yeah, <laughs> sure. We're here talking to Jay Prosmack this evening, the world-class rock star from Western Massachusetts, and we're very happy to have him on. Hello, Jay. Hey there. How stoked to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And while he's uh, trying to figure that out, I was trying to figure out when we first met, and I think it was... Uh, back when I was working for, I think it was the incarnation was my 411 source for Patty Seifert back in the day. I don't know okay. if I'm pronouncing her name correctly, but I remember we uh, we did a little interview for the first stiletto bomb drop. And I think I might've done some liner notes with you for one of her yearly compilations that she used to do for a radio right. show. And it's just been amazing getting to know you over the years you've just been like a, just a champion for the local scene and the regional scene around here and i just appreciate the hell out of everything you do for our scene so thank you thanks so much john uh you know yeah you know um i mean you're doing a lot too you know and appreciate that you know and that's one of the things when we uh i think we first met in person was uh when we were shooting that heartless music video in northampton i don't I don't know if I was there for that one. I don't know if you were there, but, but or I knew, or I found out about. I, I remember. I remember that being some point where um, I found out about you. Maybe I talked to you very around that time or something. It's possible. We. Well, yeah, I know. I definitely uh, like bought you guys a drink down at the Root Cellar in Root Greenfield Cellar. when you guys were playing down here, and we all had a good time and like had a few beers and got to see you guys play and. It was a hell of a show. So I've definitely made a made a home delivery to your house before. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Speaking of that, that's like one of the topics, obviously, of our show is just uh we love everybody that's DIY and just totally doing their own thing and you know, don't have the help of a record label or anything like that. And you you are the epitome of DIY. Like you, <laughs> you know, number one, you support bands across the country i've seen you know your social media takes on like the hauls you get from different bands and record labels and it's just amazing the amount of stuff that comes in and it's nice to see the packing materials that come in from those products getting reused right. on the vinyl and stuff that i'm getting in the mail which is oh awesome. definitely yeah sometimes you're flipping shit inside out with labels and yep. all that kind of stuff. I think it's fun. I think it's super fun to, to you know, when I get that kind of stuff. It's, uh, exactly. Yeah. See what kind of mileage we can get out of all this so that everybody's helping everybody. Maybe it's been used five times already. That's what I want to see. You know, well, you so. know, the support kind of look at it, you know, you support, uh, you want, you want to get supported and you support out there and it's a big, it's a big circle, you know, and I don't know, it's what keeps, keeps us all going around, I guess. Yep. And that's huge. And I, I mean, it, it goes down to the bands that are there throughout an entire five, six band set, and they stay through the whole thing just to support and be a friendly face in the audience and just support the scene. And, you know, it, there's that night and day between the first band that takes off immediately and you don't see them again. And it's just right. like, and I know some of it's obviously scheduling things, but it's but so nice to see a face that's there to support their you know fellow bands and everything and i know that you're a huge part of that it's always fun to see the band sitting out there watching the other bands before theirs like that's yeah you know and like one of, one of the big things with that is uh you know i've gone over this with a lot of a lot of people and people in the bands and stuff too you know when you play a show and you're like oh we're only playing to the bands I actually had that scenario happen one time and we played um there was a festival called insubordination fest 
and the whole thing was like, it's all just bands here. The club was fucking sold out. <laughs> <laughs> there was more than just bands there, but yeah. you know, the bands are fans. Right. We're, exactly. We're fans, you know, like half the reason you're, you're, you know, it's exciting playing these shows is because you're getting to see bands that you, that you want to see. And, and likewise, and a lot of times they're your friends and, uh, I know. You know, and that's how you make connections too. And uh, nothing yeah. wrong with being uh, playing for the for playing for the bands. Absolutely, because sometimes you make lifelong friends from that too. So sorry, Eric, I didn't mean to. Oh, you we got the same thing with like indie comics and stuff. We we're we're always buying other indie comics, and it's not just like a circle jerk helping your friends out and stuff. It's right. You know, we we're out there trying to support the, and we we love working with the indie community. Like it's just right. Yeah, like you know. you, my wife and I used to vend at craft fairs and comic cons and stuff like that. And I like we'd both take turns walking around. We'd end up if we made back the money we paid for our table and like, you know, had five bucks left over after buying everybody else's shit from around the room. It's like it, you truly, you know, love everything that you're in there with. And that's why you're vending at a place like that is, you we know, succeeded. <laughs> that's exactly. Exactly. That's exactly how I look. So. Yeah. You know, yeah. one of the things a lot of people, you know, people that aren't into this stuff, you know, and the, the music, the indie, the things that you're doing out of passion and love that mm -hmm. isn't centered around making money is, uh, you know, oh, you're going to go, why do you go play these shows and you're not getting paid and all this stuff? And it's like, well, you know, I went to, I went to the bar last night. I got to do something I loved on stage. Yeah. Um, maybe I got a couple drinks, sold a little, little bit of merch, and you went out there and blew 150 bucks and don't remember what you did. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, it, and you get, yeah, you get turned on to a bunch of new bands you might not have heard from some of the opening acts and things like that. And it's, and it's just amazing. I went out, like I was telling you, Jay, before the show, it's, I went out last night and saw Linnea's Garden from Boston and a couple other bands. And it was, you know, I'd say, most of it I hadn't heard before. And it was right. by the end of the night, I was walking out there with merch from a couple bands I'd never heard before that evening. And it was great. And I look forward to checking all their stuff out on Bandcamp and just enjoying that because exactly you like, I just, I just want all of it. That's from the intro of the show. It's like, that's what I do. Like I go out there and I try to find new stuff constantly because that's what excites me. It's like, it's like Christmas morning every time I go right. searching for new music. So it's, it's just fun. I'm like a little kid. So. <laughs> yeah, no, it's awesome. I, I get it. And I, I'm there too, man. <laughs> yep. What I love actually, I've seen it from both of you guys, but um, John will like find stuff and then he'll forward it over to me all the time. He's like, check out this comic, check out, check out this band. Like this one just released on Friday. I think you'd like this and send it over. And I see you constantly sharing stuff on your Facebook too. That's yeah. That's how it works. Like, and it's cool because all this, all these things, the you know, the, the comic book world and the music world, um, you know, it crosses over so much. It's 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 yeah. kind of like I'm not a big comic guy, and I never got into comic books, mm -hmm. which is weird because I love, I guess, everything about comics, and I know John, you you know for sure with the the kind of artwork I go for, I'm always yeah. looking for. Yeah, seeing the art on your albums. I love all that. I just never got into the actual, yep. you know, collecting comics and whatnot. Yeah. But it, it's all there's a, a piece of that world kind of in all this stuff, you know, and um, you know, from merchandising, you get all the similar things. Merchandising, setting up booths, going to a going to a show or going to a comic con or or going, you know, to any of these type of events. There, you got the mainstream and the underground yeah, and, and the alternative sports and all that stuff. You know, it's like, yeah. It's not it's not underground like it was anymore, which is, you know, you can go any way with that stuff. But at the end of the day, I guess it's it's awesome that everything's out there, you know, and more accessible. And you meet more people, you know, as much as I hate the Internet for a lot of things. <laughs> I've, become, I've become a huge Internet whore over the years. And oh, yeah, you know, my wife will uh, attest to that. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, like meeting like John, you know, we haven't we haven't hung out per se we don't live terribly far apart but you know i feel like we were we, you know we kindle the friendship pretty quickly yeah it's Just, like it, i think uh it was very clear like i said early on that i knew that you were 
in it for the right reasons and that you loved what you were doing and that you really wanted to support everything. And that's, that's kind of the mentality of myself and Eric and uh, Ben, our co-host is we just want people to be turned on to new stuff and to love the same things that we do. And that's why it was so easy, Jay, to talk to you, like just messaging and things like that, because I knew you were one of the few people in the area that had that same love mm -hmm. for the same type of punk bands that I did. And uh, it, it was just fun. It was like, it, it's always nice, especially after a certain age where all your friends aren't going to shows anymore and aren't necessarily right. doing all this stuff. It's nice to have a few people that you can shoot the shit with and know, all right, yeah. you know, this so person I, actually I gives a crap about what I'm talking about. So <laughs> no, I know you hit me up with a lot of bands. Like, I mean, surprise right now, I'm seeing the Venomous Pink shirt. <laughs> and, uh, you know, those are the kind of things they don't always see. Or talk to people that know know of, of bands. Same thing like, like you just said, you know, you got uh, a connection and it's exciting. It's exciting when you get to show somebody else something new and get them into it. But yeah, when you're meeting someone who's already mutually there and you kind of get to like go off on it, you know, and exactly or share those little things. You're like, oh man, something really cool happened or I connected with this or hey, this is coming up. I know you shoot me those messages. Yeah. No, but you know, this show's coming up or have you heard this band or? And it's like, most of the time I know it's like, all right, he's either already going or he's <laughs> like probably playing a show somewhere or opening for this band for all I know. So, but it's, yeah, it's fun to like, cause like I said, it's, there's not that many people that I talk to that have that. Like, well, eventually you hit this age here. where, where people are like, there hasn't been a good band in 30 years. And like every generation has that, the people that right. say that, but it's never true. Like there's, there's new good bands and there's new good music all the time. Yeah, you just got to look for it. And that's why, like, I've been doing the weekly new music thing for our, uh, for Muxpout. And it's, I'm finding like fucking 30, 40 new releases between singles and stuff every week. And it's like, come on, guys. If you can't find anything in this batch of shit, come on. Okay, I shouldn't say shit because it was all good, but we know anyway. what you mean. <laughs> And there's been stuff that's been like, um, like Ben suggested the sprints early on. Yeah, um, yeah. And like, that's some of my favorite stuff now. I fucking love listening to that. Like I'll, yeah, I'll put it on awesome. my way to work like all the time. Like, or um, Buster Shuffle is one I got into in the last like year or so. And like, they're just oh, cool. a lot of fun. And I'll just throw that on the way to work. And it's something that, you know, wasn't, wasn't there five yeah, years yeah. ago, 10 years ago. Like, yeah, you guys have uh, like, you and Ben and Jay, you've all turned me on to so much new stuff, and I appreciate that every bit of it. I appreciate your mega support and your friendship. Thank you. I, I suppose we shouldn't make this just a patting each other on the back episode, <laughs> but but yes, we're all great though. Well, I gotta go this side. Here we <laughs> go. <laughs> um, so I, I was not super familiar with the Prozacs, um, but John was all about that so I, I started checking it out and i've got to say if there's one song that i could pick to be my spirit animal it's this yeah. that you and everything like <laughs> the song that won't die <laughs> <laughs> as soon as i heard that i was like i bet people fucking love that it shows <laughs> yeah you know i actually just we have a show next weekend and i took it off the set because we're playing <laughs> a shorter set and i'm like yeah it's usually it's usually always on the set <laughs> it's always on deck. <laughs> what, song is that? <laughs> what song is that next weekend? Is it the Gangrene Show or uh the Gangrene Show, yeah. Yeah. It's a, Eric, uh, were you a Gangrene fan, Eric? I'm not familiar. Okay. We're I'm a little older, so maybe <laughs> like it was it was definitely more eighties punk, but yeah. yeah I don't I, I don't like know Gangrene like thoroughly through. Yeah, yeah, I'm not a huge like, but I it's definitely was one of those things that you know I had somebody made a copy of the tape back in the day, probably yeah. with three other bands on it. So that was I think this favorite. will be, yeah, <laughs> I think this will be the third band off of this. Uh, this is Boston, not LA comp that we're oh, playing nice. with. <laughs> That's awesome. That was one of my wife's favorites. Like I think they did a vinyl re-release yeah a year or two ago and uh, she, i think i have a newberry comics like re-release or something yeah she was so excited she was like that was one of my fucking favorite things so yeah we were excited to get that so yeah so 
Yeah, so yeah, that, that's coming up. <laughs> but yeah, this that you and everything, man. <laughs> that one, that one resonated. I can... The kids like see the kids like it when you say fuck. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I, exactly. think I, I have a page in my comic that reads a lot like that song did. Uh, <laughs> I think every every song I have that has the word fuck in it is in our set for this uh, gangrene show. So do you, does that mean you have the uh, what is it the those pants would look better on your sister. The I hate your fucking emo band song. So I, I, I had that one on, and we just played that out for the first time in a long, long, long time. I actually had that on there, and I, I scooped it out when I had to, <laughs> trying to streamline the set. <laughs> you have I live out of my face, which was one of the newer ones. Oh. I don't say fuck a lot, really. It's just when I do it in a song, I say it a real lot in that song. <laughs> <laughs> hey it works the Tourette songs are always the best <laughs> sometimes you need to say it right exactly it's like and it goes with the temperance of the song sometimes maybe it's like exactly what you need at that moment and some yeah. of those are the most fun cathartic songs to listen to listen to when you're putting a playlist together that you sometimes you need the little bit of extra fuck in the system so <laughs> i've had to change the lyrics before for for songs you know and say screw this screw that screw everything uh, yeah <laughs> we, we, we had a show in particular many 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 years ago and we couldn't swear so i changed the lyrics on this that you and everything but the the mistake i made is i, I announced this as the motherfucking prozacs <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that was my one it's okay <laughs> well, you know, when, you show... see, when you've seen the queers over a hundred times you can't help saying motherfucker you know yep. <laughs> so what was this show was it uh like jimmy's bar mitzvah or something or what oh, was... so, so we, we played at a high school one of my bandmates uh, okay. old high school. he just graduated like a year or two earlier you he, yeah. he wasn't happy with me <laughs> we're, we're, we're a fucking punk rock band right yeah <laughs> i mean my songs are pretty wussy overall so i need to <laughs> <laughs> I gotta throw the middle finger up every once in a while and try to be a punk. <laughs> and then I said, whoopsie. <laughs> oh man. That's great. So how long have you guys been doing the pod the podcast here? When did uh, we start? It was last August, maybe? Yeah, I was gonna say August sounded right. So yeah. awesome. what episode is this? Do we even keep track anymore? <laughs> I do when I post it at the the next day. I okay. wanna say this is 19, maybe. Okay. So awesome. Yeah, we were like he announcing it at the beginning of it, the number of it every time, and now I'm like, I have no fucking idea. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's um no, it's been fun. The uh, I just um I don't even know. Like me and me and John were talking about doing uh, something else at one point, and then I just one day I just started talking to him and Ben, and we just were like, yeah, let's just jump on and start doing this. And then we started out with a couple of us, or just a few of us, chatting about things, and then we started inviting people on and it was just been a lot of fun. Awesome. Was the question, I, no. I was going to ask, was the question from you because you were like, these guys are the fucking most unprofessional people <laughs> I've ever met in my life. This must be episode two or some shit. <laughs> oh, well, no, here's the thing. Like I've been on a lot, I've been on a lot of podcasts. And I'm usually on the early seasons. Cause I'm like that, that D listener, oh. you know, like well, we, we can, we can get this guy to start out, you know? I get a lot of those you know I'm in the first like 10 episodes somewhere by like 50 or 60 it's like they call hit me up if they need some information on something or hey you know this guy right you got his number (laughs) not at all Uh, 30 more episodes we'll start hitting you up for that but right now all right I'll I'll do what I can Yeah, when we have the giant rock and roll panel or something, like we'll have you be one of our expert witnesses for something. I don't know what, but <laughs> oh, we do. We do have. We've had like um, some comics guys on, some zine guys on. Um, right, kind of run a gamut. So yeah, we know. seem to start out with a lot of comic guys, and then we seem to yeah, then we went hard into music. music yeah, so we're right. kind of trying to do back and forth between the two. But Take it as it comes. still finding our groove. Like we wanted to be able to play music and stuff, but you know they'll sue your ass if you start doing that. So nobody's going to keep their house on the line. Yeah. yeah, it's tricky out there. You know, it's funny when I put my own music online and, I, and then I see it get get flagged for copywriting, like putting a music video up on a uh, YouTube. Yeah. Well, at least my shit's getting tagged for copyright. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> 
<laughs> you got some protection there at least. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. A little creepy. Yeah, it's like there's there's you know things like Mixcloud that will allow you one service where you can play some stuff, but then it gets to that point of like, all right, but it then it only gets out to a few people. How do you do this? Right. So it's like I don't know. It's I don't know how uh, like Patty used to do it with her internet radio show. I think she had an actual radio station that was behind her back. Right. Ago, so. Yeah, it's it's tough getting uh, like you all of the stuff that are your dream gigs that you'd love to do, but yeah, you don't want to get your ass sued right out the door. <laughs> right, right, right. So yeah, we had like, uh, when we had Josh from Smoking Popes on, we had him um, do some acoustic tunes that are only on YouTube, but we couldn't put them out on like the podcast networks. Just okay, you just never know. We don't need Capitol Records coming after us or anything, but right, right. <laughs> so. It's kind of a bummer, but <laughs> it was funny because I was I mean, think things are definitely way harder, harder than they were, um, and track better. And I say harder from that perspective. You know, I, I know a couple of podcasters that you know go through Spotify, and I believe they can only use like thirty seconds of clips that are on Spotify unless yep. you're paying uh, for. Exactly. Whatever. Yeah, because we discussed that too, and. That's what I was seeing was if you had a premium account, you'd get the whole song. But if you, yeah, if you were just listening for free, it was 30 seconds. And I'm like, that's not really what I want to do. You know, I want to, if I want to drive, it, if, if, any, if we're going to drive business to anybody, it's not going to be Spotify. Right, right. <laughs> but, and I want, you know, if I'm promoting new bands, I want people to hear it and I want yeah. people to get an idea of what they actually sound like. So who knows right. what 30 seconds, because I think it's, you know, the 30 seconds is usually driven by their algorithm of what the best part of the song is. So it's like, who knows if that's really what you want the fuckers to hear. So right. No vocals and musical section. Exactly. <laughs> right. Who knows? So right. But, all right. We're kind of going into a weird aesthetic. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys, you, you've been doing this for quite a while. Um, and the, from what I understand, the Prozac's, first release was 20 years ago is that uh 2000 yeah 2003 uh, yeah. was our first album we started recording in 2000 the end of 2002 yeah and so, that was when you could that was when you could record a record and finish it and get it pressed all within a matter of you know months not years yeah right <laughs> what you don't have enough to get your own vinyl press at this point come on <laughs> <laughs> I see you doing, um, doing work on the house all the time. Just make like a vinyl movie. section. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh, I wish. I wish, man. You want to come work on the house with me? <laughs> you need a side gig? Well, I was going to say, if you want it really, really done wrong, then I'm your guy. <laughs> I always hire people to do that because I know I have not a lick of fucking any good sense as far as construction or carpentry or any of that stuff. So other people do that for me because <laughs> I can. I grew, I grew up with it. Both my brothers and my, my dad was a carpenter, house builder by trade. I didn't uh, I didn't take the route. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't go into engineering. I did mechanical engineering in college okay. and high school. But uh, after that, I let punk rock and BMX ruin everything. <laughs> How long did you do the BMX thing? Uh, from about eight, from 87 until about 2003. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. 2004 is when I really kind of wound down and I got on my bike. I get on my bike. Well, I haven't the last couple of years. I'm just having physical <laughs> body issues. But yeah, so oh, 87 yeah. to like 2003, I was very active. Oh, cool. That's a good. I raced. I, I raced BMX, and then I got into the freestyle side of it, the dirt street ramp, and grew. I grew up with the, you know, the explosion of it. So probably like 93 or so is when I started getting into that side which was like the punk side the skate you know all the punk music was that was the soundtrack to everything back then oh god from, yeah you know for the alternative stuff it wasn't called the sport yet because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. getting x games was starting up though right about then yeah yeah x i think x games took over matt hoffman's uh bs contest series uh, maybe 90 95 or so which is right when the uh warp tour started as well 
So, and all that shit was all combined. And so, yeah, I got to grow up in a pretty, you know, we grew up in a pretty, pretty rad age, like seeing all that shit happen and being into it. (laughs) So, yeah, I was into it like I am with music. I had as much passion and, you know, drove drove in the, the bigger circuit as much as I could. So. And you were at least good enough to have the suck write that song about you. Jay Prozac <laughs> on a BMX bike there, which was oh, what, 20, 20 something years later, but still. <laughs> I know, that's hilarious. <laughs> good song. Yeah, I really dig it. Yeah, I was surprised. I got, I got hit up by um, by one of those guys asking me about, <laughs> you know, John Johnny Alien. Hey, what would you think if we did a song that had your likeness in it? Would you cool with that? <laughs> yeah sure you can have my hate there, whatever you want but uh, <laughs> no that, that was that was an honor that was an honor that was cool <laughs> no, i thought that was pretty cool actually yeah and it was an interesting way of weaving you into the song like yeah she's watching oh, yeah. jay prozac on the bmx bike yeah i like it creepy too. <laughs> <laughs> all of us older guys are at the creepy stage now it's okay oh yeah <laughs> And so during that period with the BMX stuff, what was the deal with the loose clothing? Were you like a sexy model for them? Or are you a spokesperson? What was uh, your connection? Uh, with- yeah, loose clothing was, was my deal. I, I started that. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Um, that, so that was uh, towards the end of 96. I started loose. Um, I, you know, there was a lot of DIY, like in music. We had the bike companies back then were DIY. Yeah. After like after like going from the, like the eighties, the late eighties, there were major, major sponsors in, in you know in the BMX world. You had it was cheesy, but you had like Kudos and Squirt Soda and like you know, but people were making money, yeah. and um, they were on TV commercials, all that shit. But then uh, it kind of died, and then things in the nineties, you know, you you had you know Haro and GT and the big bike companies. But when uh, when all those big sponsorships died, the underground started to grow. So you had like S and M bikes, Standard bikes, FBM, all these bike company bike companies started by the riders, and they were making their own shit. And oh, wow. so that, that's where I really got my DIY ethic, like learning that. And um, yeah, so by '96, I started my loose clothing thing. And uh, really, the reason why I started it, it was uh, I wanted a screeching weasel shirt. <laughs> and, that's awesome and i was just like you know what like why it was like 20 dollars or something at like hot topic they had yep. the hot topic shirts and i was just like fuck this i'm gonna make my own <laughs> so I, I i ripped off a screeching weasel boogada boogada album and did a, a loose clothing bmx rules bmx rules <laughs> that's and awesome. ran off some shirts so i had other friends that were doing that had companies as well you know we call them companies or whatever right but um, yeah, that's kind of where, where that's where it started. I ran off a couple of shirts, and then pretty much from '96 to the, the mid 2000s, I really pushed the punk rock BMX thing. Um, I had a couple of friends often that were involved. That at one point, my friend Matt. In the beginning, we made like a, a couple of music videos, and that stuff. And then uh, I had another friend named Matt who helped getting involved with like manufacturing parts. So we did like we did a run of sprockets under the loose name and uh pegs, you know, grind pegs. Yeah. And um yeah, I still get asked about it and uh, I ran some shirts off during COVID, but it's been like 15 years since I ran anything. But yeah, to answer your question, the loose clothing was my thing. And uh, I endorsed a few riders and some riders that uh became big names. I I didn't really do a lot, I couldn't do a lot. I was just flowing shirts and sweatshirts and you know, doing the hats and jackets and all that crap. But I had yeah. a very, with the band, I had a real loyal following. So I had a, a handful of shops, mostly on the East Coast, New England, a couple out Midwest that religiously bought my stuff. And uh, so I could make a run, you know, I could, I could print off, you know, a couple hundred shirts just to spread out to the shops and it kept it going. I'd go on road trips and just like selling band merch. I'd show up in some town going to a skate park meeting people yeah and uh hey you guys want to buy some shirts for the shop yeah <laughs> cool. now, I got, now i got money to get to eat and go to the next place that's awesome yeah and that seems like that's kind of what everybody's going through right now with 
like I see more and more bands that are just like, listen, you know, if you want us to make it to the next gig in your town, please buy our merch because we're not going to have gas money to get there. And it's, I mean, it's just, I mean, post COVID was just a shit show anyway, but with the amount of venues closing down and uh, with the amount of bands that just kind of gave up on everything, it was, it's, it's nice to see people still out there pushing it and trying to get through all that stuff because like that's the people I want to see. Like my, my wife and I kind of went backwards in the, like, you know, most people as they get older want a stadium where they can sit their ass down and watch the band because they're old like me. But it's like, I personally would rather have gone to a club and supported somebody that, you know, if I give them 20 bucks for a shirt, they're going to make it to their next gig. And that makes me happy just to know that, you know, somebody's like, number one, they're probably 10 times more active on stage because they want it. They have that right. like love for what they're doing. And it just makes me so happy to see that kind of band. So Yeah. Depending at the level, it's not a job, you know, you're, you're doing, you're, you're trying to do it as much as you can between everything else in life. So it's all kinds of sacrifices. You're not going to a, to a van and, or a bus or whatever. And, uh, Yep, exactly. you know, believe me, as as a band, it, it's appreciated so much. Yeah, I kind of feel like coming back after COVID. At least my experiences have been a little better than pre-COVID. Like may, maybe you know on on that that end and selling merch and you know get getting some pay from uh, yep. you know from whoever's booking these shows and whatnot. I know personally a- during COVID. I started buying more vinyl because I wanted to help support musicians that weren't, you know, out able to actually play. And then coming back, I did, um, I did tend to spend a little bit more at the merch tables, I think. Yeah. And like I said, being home and seeing the social media from people and seeing how many people were struggling, just not even in music, but everywhere. It's like, I think it made people a lot more, tuned to the fact that yeah we could help each other out a little more and it's like i i think that definitely that probably added to that and helped a lot of people see all right you know some right. folks could use some money yeah. <laughs> if, you know the, 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 mu- the music world and i'm sure the comic world and everything else it didn't go away it exactly. was just uh, there was a new a new way to connect i think a lot of people were home yes yeah. so much more so they were actually buying more new music and buying more comics and, yep. and buying these things that they had time to spend time with that they didn't have. Exactly. You know, and I think that's what got most of us through it was entertainment. It's like, yeah. if we hadn't had that, we would have been nuts <laughs> or I mean, more, dude, first, more nuts. The first weekend, like, I mean, we had two shows booked, you know, the weekend, the world shut down. I literally didn't find out on, was it like May 13th or March 13th, I think. You know, they had shut down. We had a show local and we had a New York show the next night. And it was, I was working on my house all day. Oh, it was like five o'clock at night. I, 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 I was mudding and taping, you know, and I'm like, I got like 40 messages on my phone. It was like band members, other bands on the show. Cause I had booked it and like, everyone's like, what's going on? What's going on? And like shows got canceled like that. And I was like, wow, I didn't really, I didn't realize what was happening. You know? Yeah. You know, but that weekend, I already saw bands live streaming from like their practice spaces and shit. So because people had shows booked, maybe people paid money in advance and stuff. So it was like, you know, and I saw some bands pulling in cash. You know, people were were paying to see their live streams and everything. And, um, you know, there's that DIY, you know, attitude. Yeah. And I saw I saw a ton of that where. And it was interesting seeing people connect over something like this, where it was three people in three separate locations playing music together. I'm like, how many times did you have to practice that shit with the lags and everything to actually sound like a song, you know? And it was, it was interesting seeing how quickly some of that technology adapted to be able to do that because yeah, I think people were going nuts, especially people that normally are in the same room and able to play that suddenly couldn't. It was, it was nice too because there was bands that I hadn't seen like in a while, like I hadn't thought about in a while. Like Goldfinger was doing a lot of stuff. Yep. Um, oh god, yeah, he was non. They were nonstop, dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the Ataris. 
um, like, um, what's his name from the Ataris was like on like every friggin' day, like playing. Oh, Chris Rowe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they uh, had uh, like, there was uh, Eddie Spaghetti from the Super Suckers who was doing, uh, once a month, he was doing a rent party because he <laughs> needed to make yeah. rent. So, like, it was cool though, because he would actually like sit down and tell you the story behind a lot of the songs and, you know, shit that I had completely misinterpreted over the years where you're like, shit, I had no idea. So it was interesting. And he, you know, they put out the tip jar, virtual tip right. jar. And it was kind of cool. Yeah. It was I interesting. even watched Paul Stanley a bunch of times. He, he had, a, he had them going. Interesting. Now, did he yeah, do like, cool did he do like more rock and stuff or did he do, cause I know he was doing kind of soul stuff for a while. No, he, he was doing like Kiss songs and stuff. Oh, cool. Um, you know, solo, just, just acoustic in his house. Yep. But a lot, there were a lot of huge artists that were, were that were doing it, you know? Yep. Yeah. Like Billy Joe for Green Day was recording oh, yeah. covers and everything. And he wound yep. up, uh, yeah, really, that really record with the covers. Yeah, he was like playing with his sons and stuff. Like that was cool. Yeah, you know, and I wish, I wish I w we did that, did the uh, the live thing, but we never uh, kind of talked about it, but it just never panned. We did shoot a couple of music videos, like cell phone music videos, uh, and our guitarist Jed edited them together. And uh, so I'd never done anything like that, like you know DIY in that sense. But you know that was the opportunity. We get something, get something out there. Yep. Yeah, yeah. There was so much going on at that time. But the technology has come a long way. So if you wanted to try it now, <laughs> you've probably got more technology than you could like throw a stick oh, at yeah. at this point to do it. So yeah, you know, I've, I, 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 I'm stuttering. I'm not even, I'm not even stuttering, John. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, like shooting the music videos for one, what you can get on a cell phone camera. Yeah, it's crazy. You get yeah. good clean footage. Um, you give all that footage to somebody who knows how to, how to edit it and effects and everything else and. You know, and uh, I spent a lot of time recording at home way more than I ever have. And I have a very minimal setup, but mm. I'm able, you know, I, I learned, I learned a lot there, how I could manage some stuff at home, intertwine it with my studio recordings. And, you know, so now the last couple of records I've done and one I'm currently working on, and I'm doing a lot of recording from home, send it to the studio. Yeah, I know my limits and boundaries. I'm not a, yeah. I'm not an engineer. I don't want to be an engineer. Yeah. But yeah, so that's something that was a skill I gained during COVID, and it um, it's uh, it's been very helpful, you know. And uh, even I've done a couple of recordings that I've released that I've recorded everything on, which I would have never done in the past. But again, technology, you know, yeah, it's, it's come a long way. Now, so what yeah, are you working? What are you working on right now? Is it a Jay Prozac or is it a Prozac's album? So I'm doing. I'm yeah. I'm doing a new Jay Prozac album. Okay. I uh, went in the studio a couple months ago with, uh, I got a friend in Connecticut who had been, was playing drums. I started jamming with last year and uh, with no concise plan other than I just wanted to keep active. I'm always writing songs. Yep. So I wound up pulling in the bass player for uh, from the Prozacs, uh, Greg, who's the current bass player. Hasn't been on a Prozacs recording yet, but he's going to be on the new solo record. <laughs> And um, this guy, uh, Vic Rosario, he plays in a ska band, ska reggae band called the Pilfers. Okay. And yep. So he's uh, playing guitars. And uh, yeah, these guys were, were doing an XJ Prozac record. Cool. Now, uh, when you record the different things, I think you've said this in the past, but I'll ask the question again. How do you like kind of quarantine things into quarantine was probably a bad word, but yeah, no, <laughs> into like Prozac's album versus your own like solo stuff versus like when you were doing stiletto bomb and things like that. Honestly, it's, it's a, for me internally, it's a big messy world. Okay. Um, I, I guess I maybe when I, when I, sometimes I go to start making songs like say stiletto bomb, stiletto bomb, was actually a lot of songs that were written for the Prozacs before Stiletto Bomb formed. So a lot of those songs for me mentally were Prozac songs. It was yep. gonna, that's what I wanted to represent next. But the Stiletto Bomb thing happened. Um, I kind of weaned it into the edgier material and uh, made a conscious decision, at least from my side, to uh, not bring in like the, the typical pop punk songs. Gotcha. Um, but although I did the edgy type material with 
as the Prozacs, but I just kind of concentrated at my side of the writing. But then you bring in my wife's vocals on yep. uh, Scotty and Jeff Blood, who uh, were the guitarists and bassist. Their influence, everything just kind of shaped it to be its own thing. Yeah, it was a um, great sound. Yeah, I really, I really love that. And like the solo stuff, again, it's really, it's been a lot of conscious decision of pulling a certain particular style, which is the more pop style. Lyrically, I've been a little more, more of the personal stuff. And again, I've done that through the Prozacs and it's all part of what I do, but I, I guess it's more of like concentrating and focusing on that, on a certain aspect of it. Yep. And then once you get into that, maybe you start writing a couple more songs because that's your mind frame of mind. And then the end product is just kind of how it's glossed over at the end. Like maybe I'm doing more clean guitars and acoustic guitars, or, you know, you're bringing in different players that you haven't played with and they, so it's, you know, that's kind of how it's been, but it's confusing for me. <laughs> I'm pulling and pulling. To be honest with you, to be fully honest, I feel like, everything I do outside of the Prozacs is taken away from the Prozacs. Okay. But because it could have been there. Gotcha. Yeah. I just but wasn't sure if it was one of those, like there's a certain tone that you go for specifically with the Prozacs versus your like stuff that goes under your personal moniker kind of thing. So I was just curious, but it's also yeah. nice. Uh, like for you already went over it that uh, your wife, Andy was part of stiletto bomb and she's obviously you know definitely been a part of all the prozac stuff in the background right. stuff too uh if you had to guess how many songs has she contributed to over the years she's been on a ton of your stuff she's been, she's been on yeah she's been on all i mean when we met when her and i got, got together initially the prozacs had just had our had my second release coming out with the prozacs so since then i mean she's been on all the major albums uh, I do. She must have. I'm, she's probably been on 15, 20 tracks, I would think. Yep. Uh, between the Prozacs and with Stiletto Bomb, you know, which it, with Stiletto Bomb ended, she, you know, some she was writing. Uh, you know, like I said, a lot of the material was like Prozacs, was stuff I was writing bef before it uh, that formed. But yeah, she, uh, that was a chance for her to kind of have more ownership. You know where she was she was writing lyrics and she was awesome she had great stage presence too so oh i love i love playing with her yeah it's i hope we hope we get some point we get to do it again you know absolutely yeah life <laughs> is definitely a little hectic but <laughs> i know what it's like when you have a whole family that you're trying to work like for me yeah. comic stuff around for you you know all the music stuff it's crazy so yeah everyone has a different level of uh Sorry, you guys. Know, that's okay. <laughs> you know, I think about this stuff every day. It's on my mind. It's a it's a part of everything. It's yeah. it's in, it's invasive on everyone's life around me. It's not always for the best either. It's not, you know. All, no, all but it's push, all the push and all the things I do. As much as a, I get a lot of praise from it, there's a lot of not. I I don't make the best decisions all the time, and. And in full honestly, honesty, doing this shit is selfish. If there's a lot of selfishness in it, and I'm I've aware of you, that, and I know that. Like, and I've thought that about my life, and I've seen you say that in the past before on social media and stuff. But at the same time, it's like being a creative person. I think if anybody like is also a creative person, they understand that if you don't get the stuff out of your head and into the world, you're just gonna go nuts because it wants to find an outlet. And right. if you don't have that, you're going to be even nuttier and crankier at home. <laughs> so it's, oh, it's hard yeah. because, yeah. I could like, not do the stuff that I do. Like, I, I'm compelled to, like, always. Yeah, yeah I've tried to, to put it aside. I've tried to put it aside at times. Yeah. You know, I've had periods of, like, months where I'm like, you know, the Prozacs broke up a couple times. It never broke up. Like, the band stopped, but I never stopped. So I don't ever consider it. A, it was never, never truly broke up. And, um, but yeah, that's the thing you, you're, whatever is internal, you need to get it out there. And like, that's one of the things you're like, when my time comes, you know, you're always on the clock of like, 
I need to get all this out before that happens. At exactly. least have it prepared. Like, so, you know, maybe someone can take it and have enough to finish it up. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. You don't want to be on your deathbed going like, Hey, I got this one last verse. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. But, but that's what it is. You know, and the BMX is the same way. Like as much as I haven't ridden, I literally think about riding my bike every day, yeah. every day of my life today, every day. And, and it's been, two decades since I was like doing contests and like fully immersed in that life. And um, it's just always, always there because it's, it's a part of, it's a part of what I am. You know, I'm yeah. ever since the mid nineties, I've never looked at a handrail ledge bank or cop car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There really is no end either. Like there was a point where I had done a couple of my blister comics and I was, Finally, I was like, I want to get this story done. So I buckled down, made my 211 page book and I was done with it. And then like a month oh, later, right. I was like, I have new stories. Crap. <laughs> <laughs> These characters go to college. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm going to have to hit you up after this and in in, in start my comic collection. There you go. I think we can work that out. Yeah, that's <laughs> stuff. We'll throw some support. You know, that's, and that's how, again, that's how, like I said, I've, I've never been a big comic person in the sense of buying comics and everything else. But, you know, it's like with bands too. A lot of times maybe you, you don't listen to certain genre of music so much, but when you meet somebody and you become a friends with somebody and now, now, now it's more special too, because you're, yep. you're supporting, you know, you're supporting somebody. I shouldn't, I shouldn't say I don't have anything. I have some DIY comics from over the years from people uh, in bands and whatnot that, uh, -huh. You know, because that stuff definitely shows up. You know, there's a lot of amazing artists and illustrators and creative minds of all sorts of things and, and wrapped up in all this stuff. So, yeah. yeah. And there's definitely. like so many comics now that that's part of what we started talking about when we first got together for the show was things that are the intersection of comics and music. And it was, you know, Eric's comic is what got us together originally talking about stuff and then music. And then we started talking about like our last episode where some guys with a comic called geezer and it's about like these mid nineties Brit pop band, fake band. That's kind of loosely based on this other guy's band cud that were out in the mid nineties. And it just shows such love for the music scene at that time and he goes into a record shop and there's like, you can like almost smell the wood bins of fucking vinyl and everything. You can, uh -huh. Like if you blow up the page on the digital, you can see the weird band stickers and all the fucking posters mm -hmm. on the wall. It's such a love letter to yeah, music that it's, that's the kind of stuff that we want to get out there. It's like, there's such an intersection between the two worlds that like, yeah, if you can find it, it's right. amazing. Yeah. Sure I know we've talked off and on you. I know you hit me up with, um, you know, maybe some kind of project here or there that could intertwine the music and thing. And I hope we, I hope we can spin on that sometime. I know you put a, I remember you, you sent me some comic pages that had band stickers and stuff. Yep. Oh yeah. That, yeah. Cause uh, the one that I've got the tattoo up my arm, that's, that's a story I keep meaning to tell, but life keeps getting in the way, but absolutely yeah. if i get to a point where it is going to be a reality i would love to have like you and there's a female lead singer too so possibly andy yeah. like throw a little bit down for me it would be wonderful will, to I'll, have you guys yeah i'll do that in a heartbeat man i'll write you a whole soundtrack to it well fucking for, for real I'm not, I'm, not even, <laughs> I'm not even i'm not even uh, lying like i'm not just saying that that would be super fun yeah and i think it's uh like I said, I just need to get my ass in gear and, you know, get out of my own way. But, you know, yeah. don't we I'm all? waiting over here. I'm waiting. All right. <laughs> That's what's fun, interesting with music, you know, too, is, uh, you know, getting things out there. And uh, every once in a while, I'll take a departure. And I did, I had one album that I wrote based on a TV show. I'd never done anything like that before. And it was, um, it, it was a whole new experience writing from a whole different, for me, for, for a different frame of mind, a different reference point, um, you know, you can only write about the same things so many times, the same right. type of emotions. Which album that. was this? I can't remember. It's called Exist. 
And what show was that? It was written about a show called Fringe. It was. Okay. I was like, I thought that's what it was, but I couldn't remember. I love that show. Absolutely. Uh, so love yeah, that show. you know, that I, I never really got into, like, I never followed TV series. Yep. Like, I, you know, I watched TV and everything else, but I never followed TV series. And I watched that, that show Fringe and I fell in love with it. So I bought all the, you know, I think, I can't remember if it was fully out or maybe I was around for like the last season coming or something. But yeah, I fell in love with that show and I, that's when I started watching TV series. And uh, I started writing songs in 2012. I wrote a couple songs based on that. And that was when I was writing my first solo record. Um, I was between, I had two guys drumming with me off and on and I went to the side with one of the drummers and it was basically like the Prozacs too. But uh, <laughs> so I started writing song, a couple songs and I'm like, you know what? I want to do more of this. And it took a, took like maybe like three years, 2012, that album got recorded in 2015. Yeah. But uh, I wrote 16 songs and they got, some of them made it into Stiletto Bomb. Oh, okay. Some of them, some of them made, uh, the bulk of it made it onto Exist. So if you went to the Stiletto Bomb material, the second EP, there's a song called Tech in My Head. Ah, uh, okay. Yep. And, um, Crashing Worlds. So you're familiar with Fringe. Yeah, I watched the whole thing. Yeah. So so Tech in My Head comes from the last season. Yeah. Where um, Peter gets the observers and, and realizes they have electronics in their head. Yeah. That are guiding them or whatever. And he ripped it out one out of one of right, them. Right, yeah. That, that's the tech in my head was Peter. I can see what you see, baby. Yeah. That, that, that's that awesome. line, I can, yep. you know, he's from their perspective. And then the song Crashing Worlds was the last song in that EP, the stiletto bomb. And that was the two, you know, the two universes coming together. Yeah. The two worlds when they were, you know, merging, crashing each other. Yeah. Then the song A Little Something with the Prozacs, that EP had. A little something was about the first episode of the, the pilot episode, yep. and it's uh, it's dealing with uh, Olive going into her um, boyfriend's head when he died, dunked dunked her in a tank, and she went to his thoughts. God, I forgot about a lot of this like, stuff. That's awesome. Yep. Cheating on her and all this stuff, and then all the the bad shit. So that's what a little something was about. And yeah, yeah, I can go on and on. The probably the most blatant song is the opening track, Cortexafan Trials. Yep. On um unexist which was about the the drug cortaxafan which the whole show was based on so and i remember looking that up back in the day because i uh i couldn't remember if it was from fringe or there was also some kind of weird trials with some drug that sounded like that in nightmare on elm street back in the day so i was oh, like uh, was it fringe or was it yeah so yeah was... so ironically enough i have i have a list of 12 or 14 song titles all based on Fringe. I went and watched the series again, and I, I was pl plucking from different episodes. Yep. And uh, so I have all these song titles that are much more blatant. That I was like, maybe someday I'll write another, another album. But it was cool because it was writing, writing a lot of them. You put your emotional stuff into things, even when it's about something else. Yep. Fictional, you know. Yeah. But um, it, it's just cool because you're, you're character driven i'm not used to writing character driven material and that's what that was it's fun though it's a different outlet yeah for sure yeah so and that's what i think i like about playing with like helping other people with uh their stories about things is right. you're like getting into their world a little bit and what stories they're telling and getting to play in their playground for a little bit and it's fun it's like right yeah. so a collab like like with you with a comic if you want to want to do like a soundtrack and yeah seriously that would be super fun i would and to do something with andrea like like yep. her if you had a female lead vocal yeah that would be super fucking fun i know she would love that and um you know work on you know and, and it would tie your artwork into whatever yep Oh, I would be totally down. Like I said, I just got to get off my freaking ass. Yeah. <laughs> you, are, now, John. If you put your mind to it and you're, you're ready to do it. Let me know. Like I, that's something. Oh, absolutely. Do. Yeah. As soon as I'm ready to green light it, I'll like give you the thumbs up. So yeah, man. <laughs> that's awesome. Now that stuff's a lot of fun. I like to do that with my stuff too. Like I put together a EP when I put out my blister comic and it was just so much fun. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. 
yeah, again, it all it all it all ties in. Yeah, I love it when yeah, like I've even seen some of the big companies do it, like uh, DC when they relaunched Black Canary, they uh, they made her character a punk singer for some reason, and uh-huh. so they did two EPs on Bandcamp that were just like three songs each, and they you know there were like half of it was covers, but it was fun. It was very interactive. Like you could kind of like, you know, some of it was the stuff that was she was singing on stage in the comic. So it was it was cool. It was nice seeing that come to life kind of. I was loving the uh, uh, Image Comics, um, uh, the furthest place from here comic was coming with a seven inch until the vinyl immediately the vinyl shortage happened yeah. or the backup happened. I don't know if that was the Adele or what it was at the time, but. Yeah. Um, and then Damn, they both tied up everywhere. She mucked everything up. <laughs> <laughs> but that was like they they they've only put out three of them so far in the last year and a half. They they had to lag behind with their deluxe editions. I was gonna say I I always had the deluxe edition with the vinyl on my pull list at the comic shop, but I think they I don't think I ever got even one of them. I think mine oh, were yeah. just the yeah they were hard normal yeah. yeah they were hard to get. I I've been lucky to get the three so far. But, um, I'm hoping that maybe someday they'll do a digital collection when the whole series is done. So, because I haven't heard one damn song yet, <laughs> nice to be able to hear something. I uh, had to jump on it when uh, Blake from Jawbreaker was on the first one. Oh, cool! Yeah. Oh, wow! Awesome. That's my shit. So I had to jump on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but no, that's that's the great that's the great intersection between comics and music that that we love, though. Right. Yeah. Or go back listen to the Ramones, right? I could hear some Ramones in your um in your solo stuff. There was um what was the won't like on uh regret. Regret okay. like, when I was listening to Regret, I was like, I this this feels Ramones. Oh yeah, you know, and it's, it's yeah, that song would probably it's kind of Pleasant Dreams is like my favorite Ramones album, so and that uh, song definitely, I could, I, you know, listening to it and thinking of that, it's got that, uh, that little bit of a jaggedy, oldies feel to it. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. <laughs> that was a great song. I actually jammed on it uh, two nights ago with with a buddy of mine <laughs> on drums. <laughs> oh yeah, I was digging that. But uh, I, you, uh, you made a couple posts before about like um, pur- purchasing that one on vinyl. I gotta. I gotta snag that one for you sometime, for sure. Oh, oh, the album. Yeah, you still got some. I won't let go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well, you, you got if you get some of your comics, dude, we can make some trades. Right. Yeah, <laughs> we could do that. You're down with that? Yep, absolutely. I got the Doubtfire album on vinyl too. Nice. Did you did you listen to Doubtfire, Eric? No, I don't think that, I have. That one has like speaking of the comics intersection. It's got a very uh comic feel to it jay's a superhero and so oh. is uh mr mccracken and that one so uh it's it's just a freaking with a kiss with a kiss twist <laughs> yeah it's just fantastic though the whole like that's definitely uh i'm partial to that album quite a bit i love that one yeah so. yeah you know it's it's been years since we recorded that in 2013 yeah and um wow it's i crazy. haven't got to play that material live and i'm I'm like this close to finally getting the Jay Prozac world to the stage. So I've been working on that and I'm finally finding, finding a way to get there. So definitely going to play some Doubtfire material. Yep. Well, you just need to get the McCrackens for a tour. And uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those eggs are cracked. They stay in Canada. They only, they only, go, they only go to Europe every once in a while. <laughs> well, they they got a new album coming out, right? So they should be doing a full tour of the U.S. and everything. Yeah, yeah, it'd be nice. Uh, but McCracken's going to can you guys? Right, I love them so much. I love them a ton. Me too. And I think you might have been what got me into them more, like over the years. I I definitely heard a little bit, but then you were recommending them back in the day, and I just kind of sucked up everything they had at the time, and I just fell in love with them. So they get a lot of crap in the in the. The, the punk rock scene because of the you know people pass them over just because of their the shtick know, the, the, the shtick and everything but they're fucking amazing songwriters oh my like, god it's they're, just they're, they're all they're all putting out stuff solo stuff yeah between spot yeah. and everybody else and bill and yeah it's like it's all like bill and phil and uh it's uh 
just hooks for days. It's just crazy. This is a highlight in my in my music career, if you want to call it that. Was um doing that album, Bill and I. That's when I started doing home recording. I bought a little eight-track recorder. Um to, again, 2013 is when we started doing that. And it sprouted because we were uh we were on the same record label at the time, and then we wound up doing a split seven-inch McCrackens and the Prozacs. And then Bill and I started talking about maybe doing a song together, um, collaborating on something. And it, we did a couple covers of a band called The Vindictives as like a test run. And then we were like, we'll just write a couple songs and it turned into a whole album. So I bought this recorder. And the way we did that record was Bill wrote half the songs and I wrote half the songs musically. And we yep. traded. And then so everything he sings, I wrote the music for. Everything oh, cool. I sing, he wrote the music for. But oh, we wrote cool. our own vocal melodies and, and lyrics for each other. So it was a full collab. And then I went to Vancouver for a week and uh, got holed up in the studio with one of my favorite songwriters. And I got to hang out with all the guys. And we made the record. So yeah, I'm very proud of that one. And I'm definitely uh, very hold it dear to my heart. Yeah, I love that one. It was one of my faves. And Ole O'Brien knocked it out of the park. My uh, my illustrator, one of my another person who became a super close friend out in Germany. Yep. He's so he did the Exist album art, and he's done a bunch of art, but he did the uh, he did that art, and he does a lot for the Americans too. So, yep. hey, hey, yeah, Ole O'Brien. <laughs> yeah, I actually just uh, I saw that you had gotten the second volume of the Pencil Rider book from him, and I I was like, shit, I forgot about that. So I just messaged him, and he sent out a copy of it like this week. Oh, so awesome. I was stoked. I thought I missed the boat on it, so it was well, nice to see. You so you collect, you've uh, connected with him in the past. Yeah, yeah. I think oh, okay. uh, I think around the first volume of Pencil Rider, I uh, started. I added him as a friend on Facebook and oh, messaged beautiful. him about He's stuff. Sweetheart, He's such yeah. A he seems like you a know, super nice guy. We went to Germany um, in 2019 and got to play a, a three shows. We played one with his band in the uh, Netherlands. And my wife went out, Andrea went out. So she was playing with us the whole, all the shows. Yep. Cool. But yeah, meeting Ole was a very um, emotional experience. So it was because no. cool we, we had a very tight bond before. before and uh, for those of you that don't know, his band is the Evil O'Briens, right? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Just making sure. Okay. okay. Yeah. I actually wrote him a song for his for his wedding when he was getting married too. Oh, that's cool. A surprise wedding gift. Nice. So uh, yeah, I collaborated with one of his band, but the singer was on the song, and I did that with the Bloods, with Jeff and Scotty. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, we did a no drums, and it was a, a, a song was called Hey Hey Ole, and it was just an ode to him and his contrib his friendship and his contributions to uh, through his art. To the, yeah. to the world of music you know he's definitely one of those people that i recognize immediately now with his work and uh he's just so phenomenal for all his album art and everything or and t-shirt art and everything i've seen him do so uh, eric if you haven't checked him out i'll yeah, shoot I'll you a out. link at I some point it. he's awesome so that's awesome all right we are hitting the end of our time but uh i want to make sure any thing you want to pimp out for shows that you got coming up we make sure we promo what if you want to throw any dates out or stuff you got coming up uh so we got next next week on the 23rd of april we're playing in holyoke mass at gateway city arts with uh, gangrene and color killer and the agonizers and uh, a couple other great bands wishful thinking old school hardcore oh my god yeah and uh, the following weekend, Friday, we're at the Nook in Westfield, Mass. And I've got um, a touring band called the Downstrokes from Maryland coming up. Cool. And um, the Agonizers and a couple other great bands on there. A uh, couple out-of-towners. I got Chicago. We're going to be out in Chicago area coming up in uh, July. Oh, cool. So yeah. Looking, wants to get out. We, we haven't gotten out to these areas. And yeah, I don't know if you knew that, but that's where Eric is. So. Yeah, that's where I'm, oh, you're in Chicago. Yeah, I'm south of Chicago. Yeah. 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 All right, cool. Well, awesome. then maybe we'll uh, we'll get to hang out. Yeah, I'd love that. Yeah, we're, we're that's going to be the July, I think the 9th, 8th, 6th. That weekend is hot as balls, but it's kind of hot as balls everywhere, so that's cool. Yeah, yeah. 
it's going to be cool wherever we are. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so yeah, we'll have to connect on that. So yeah, we got we got a few things coming up. We're heading down to like Delaware and Maryland in September. Cool. And, and we'll yeah. have Eric's very good about making sure we got links to all your social media. So yeah. we'll, we'll make um, sure we link to that. So you, people can go and check out and make sure they see all your tour dates there. So we'll have to get you back on when you put out your uh, new Jay Prozac album. Yeah. Yeah. There's no set plan. It's actually kind of cool. Cause usually I'm working on shit forever and this album's kind of under the radar right now, yep. um, which it feels very cool and comfortable. Yeah. I don't have uh, I don't have any stress with it. I'm just kind of making the record. My last one won't let go is still kind of fresh for me. Uh, so, um, but yeah, that'd be that'd be rad. Absolutely, yeah. we'd, we'd love, love to have you on next time. At some point. As long as you don't get off of here tonight and go, oh my god, yeah. those guys have no idea what the hell they're doing. So. <laughs> you're, you're, you're good. You never will. <laughs> you have the same thoughts I have every time I do one of these things. <laughs> If, if Andrea is watching this right now, I'm probably going to do the walk of shame when I go upstairs. <laughs> Hi, Andrea. But no, this is a lot of this is a lot of fun, man. I'm glad you guys had me on. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, glad we were able yes. to get you on. That was that was a lot of fun. Super yeah. stoked. Well, cool. Thanks for uh, watching, everybody, and uh, or listening, because it'll go out on the networks tomorrow. Um, yeah. And uh, thank you, Jay. This was great. Yeah. Thanks, man. Well, thank you guys both very much. Hope John, to see you soon. Yep. Nice to see you. Yes, definitely. Yeah, John, we'll have to hook up sometime for exactly. Uh, yep. I'm starting to make it out to shows again. So yep. slowly but surely. Cool. All right. Well, you guys have an awesome night. You All too. right. Take care. Bye. All right. Take care. Bye. Hey, you made it through an entire episode. Good for you. If you're looking for more, give the rest of the channel a look. And be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll catch you fuckers next time. Later. Muxbound.